forward. Got it. Here we are, Troy, episode 147 of the Adrian Bow podcast with Troy Malcolm, who was recently voted the sexiest man in real estate in Australia. <laughs> hey. <laughs> right, Bowie, you make me laugh because um, as the listeners probably do know, we come on um, about five or ten minutes before this episode um, yeah. and every week just to catch up and chat, even though we chat multiple times during the week and probably multiple times every day, to be honest, still. Um, but Adrian, that is not what we discussed we were going to talk about today. <laughs> it's not the topic, it's just the introduction, mate. I think you've it's thrown, a good yeah, you've thrown you've thrown me and that is not true listeners that is not true you're just uh, you're just picking on me now <laughs> hey hey Bowie, happy happy friday mate happy friday happy, um, episode happy number 147 um this is mm. an exciting one because um we're seeing this a lot and i think it's going to become somewhat more of the norm while we go through this shift in market conditions or the new market as many are calling it and and whatnot um adrian you've got this question now multiple times over the past couple of weeks and because it's keep coming up in our own personal experiences on auctions last weekend we thought that this would be a really relevant topic um to go live today and send it out to everyone before tomorrow's auctions or if they've got auctions coming up in the next couple of weeks so ab Mm. over to you episode number 147 handling the one auction scenario absolutely so someone sent me a question troy and they said and i'll just read it out hi bowie and troy as experienced auctioneers i'm sure you witness this on most occasions every week how do you handle one buyer auctions great question someone from um, southwest in sydney great agent and good for them for asking the question so as you know troy process sets you free and as you know i love talking about process and why wouldn't you have a process for one buyer auctions in a normal market like we're in now or in even a strong market because it happens all the time right um so let's reverse engineer it and let's walk back let's walk back all the way to the set to sell meeting troy Mm -hmm. and one of your agenda items as you know as i've said ad nauseum in many presentations you and i have conducted is one of the agenda items needs to be, okay, Troy, just to let you know that you've chosen auction as your method of sale. And one thing I hear quite often leading up to an auction when I advise a client that we've only got one uh, particular buyer, one registered buyer, many owners think, oh, well, does that mean we still conduct the auction? How can we have an auction with one buyer? Does that mean our campaign's failed? Now, I just want to let you know that all of the above is not true. One buyer or one registration at an auction is completely acceptable. In fact, a surprising statistics would tell you that probably 40% of auctions that we do sell across the board over multiple markets usually are with one buyer. And that tends to surprise people. But also, Troy, it tends to actually provide them with some degree of confidence as well so that's the first thing we need to deal with Troy wouldn't you agree with that yeah it it does start there Adrian I think a lot of people um given the market conditions that we've seen over the past two and a half years have somewhat glossed over the set to sell or the expectations meeting so having that conversation it's not at the time of listing there was a point in time where we were doing it at the listing but this normally happens 24 to 48 hours before the property is due to go live on the portals before the open for inspections just so it's top of mind it's a very serious meeting it's covered off in many many different ways we've put up the agenda before 
Um, but reach out if you do want that agenda again, listeners. But Adrian, it, it does come down to, to really understanding the way the campaign can flow. And if you set that expectation up front, then it's somewhat easier week two, week three, when you say, listen, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they've all mm. uh, requested contracts and they've all got their building and pest reports, but it looks like Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Mr. and Mrs. Johnson are actually more thinking that they want to renovate the property, so they're lowering their budget. So we can't guarantee that they're going to be actively bidding on the day. So that only leaves Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no, what do you mean we've only got one bidder? Week two or week mm. three, it's far too late. Because you can go straight to, remember we said at the time of expectations meeting, we sat down and we did the set, set up to success, set to self mm-hmm. meeting, that this mm-hmm. could be the scenario. Now, the good thing is yep. that Mr. and Mrs. Jones are genuinely interested and they're at the price guide and they've done all their research and they've made their contract requests and they've checked with them and their finances in place. So everything's mm-hmm. leaning towards that they're going to be our party that either buys it prior to auction or at auction. Yep. And I guess, yeah. Adrian, that's the next thing that most people think. If, you know, if they know that there's only the one buyer, do they try and put a deal together before the auction even day commences? Absolutely, and we'll definitely touch on that. But there's probably a lot of people listening to this thinking, wow, I have had that conversation with the vendor the day before or the day of the auction and said, look, good news, we've got one serious buyer. And the vendor says, what? That's a disaster. Let's cancel the yeah, auction. So sure. that yeah. th- this set to sell, this set to sell agenda item is critical. Okay, that's step one. Step two, which is a great segue into what you just talked about, Troy, is during the course of the campaign, during the course of creating your shortlist, and all of us have a shortlist of buyers, whether they've taken contracts, been through twice, done a pest building, strata inspection or whatever, then a huge, a huge tip, a huge tip, and I, I drum this into all my clients and my own team, Troy, is when you are conducting calls for that shortlist, often the dialogue is just like, hey, Troy, it's Adrian here, just touching base to see if you're still interested in the property and coming to auction. I mean, that's that's 101 um, really rudimentary type dialogue. What it should be like is, Troy, I really appreciate you making the first step in terms of taking a contract to the on the property. I'm currently calling all the buyers that have expressed interest and have actually taken a step further in terms of making changes to the contract, mm-hmm. doing a pest and building report, bringing their family back two or three times, um, and also potentially submitting an offer. So, I'm meeting with my vendor tomorrow just for complete transparency and just so I can help you and also report accurately. I'd like to ask you, Troy, what are your intentions with this property? Is it to bid at auction or is it to make an offer prior to auction? And then silence. And often what we'll find is some people say, I really appreciate that, Adrian. Look, I'm all about transparency and I've missed out on a few properties due to uh, Dutch auctions. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to bid at auction with that. And if that's going to change, please let me know. Or it might be the opposite, which is, look, we've bought something. We're good to go. Uh, We we know all about how to present unconditionally. So we're going to submit something as soon as our finance comes through in the next 48 hours. Great. At least you know. Now, the reason I like to ask that, Troy, which goes into step three, which is, and you and I get calls like this every week on a Friday, which is, Bowie, Troy, I've only got one buyer. Uh, What do I do? What do I do? It's like, well, firstly, have you asked them what are their intentions? Is it to bid at auction or is it to make an offer? Now, if it is to bid at auction, you can't, or, or at least 
at least it's very difficult to try and force that person to put a deal together. One, you're going to let them know immediately that they're the only person interested, which, look, that's not the end of the world, but it may not necessarily be true because there might be some dark horses that plan to come to the auction. Um, but two, also what, what's happening is you're, you're trying to move the buyer away from what their instinct is, which is to bid in a transparent environment, and um, that may not necessarily be, be very successful. So that's critical. And then obviously we'll talk about what to do on the day itself. But you've obviously had calls like that yourself, Troy. Yeah, Adrian. And, you know, it's funny. Every time I get that call, I kind of take a step back and I think – Educational dialogue, educational dialogue. The the process mm. always wins. The process mm-hmm. is the one that's going to set you free. So everything we've discussed right now, listeners, um, this is something that you should follow regardless of market conditions. Um, yes. Adrian, it flows straight into the, you know, the conversation that um, sometimes, and, and again, this is a little bit of a segue, and I know you're going to cover it off because we've run this a number of times, but mm. sometimes when you do position this to the one party, they get apprehensive as well because they think, mm, why does no one else want this property? So when you're yep. dealing with the buyer and you say, listen, the chances are, you know, what are your intentions? Oh, we, we're happy to, you know, go early or whatnot. And sometimes you get those buyers that come back and say, what are your intentions? And they say, why are you asking? Oh, well, there's mm. a number of circumstances. looks like with the parties that are also interested in this property, they're not 100% committed to bidding on the day because of certain factors that are their own personal circumstances regarding finance, regarding the renovation costs, regarding they've got to sell their property before they purchase. Sometimes that does put the buyer that is the only person there in a really tough position because they think, and in many cultures, they think, oh, is this not a great property? Why is no one else mm. interested? Why am I the mm-hmm. only one? My, my hand up. Why am I the only one going to bid at auction? And I think this yeah. is where, as we segue into the auction day, Adrian, this is where we're starting to really head with this conversation is what are the key dialogues that you have the day before with the buyer? What are the key dialogues at the auction? And then what are the key dialogues on the auction floor to actually get a successful result? Absolutely. And look, the the good news about asking that question, Troy, what are your intentions? In some cases, it might be, thanks for asking, Adrian, actually, I would like to make an offer. And you, you're you there the week leading to the auction or potentially the day before the auction saying, great, my owner is very open to selling prior to auction. Uh, what are you thinking? My instructions are unconditional only. Let me come and see and we'll run through the process. Great. That's perfect. But if it's I'm planning to bid transparently at auction. Then when auction day comes, and this is something you and I have done thousands of times, Troy, with one registered buyer, is indirect and transparent um, communication and consultation with the auctioneer, the owner, and the agent. You provide and the owner and you have a conversation around two options. Now, option number one is that you approach the highest bidder and say, I just want to let you know out of complete transparency that we've got a very motivated vendor here. You are the only registered buyer, which I believe is a great scenario for you. Here's the reserve price. What price do you think you'd be comfortable to pay? And you can actually either get an agreement on price and actually call an auction and put it together that way. Uh, as long as the auctioneer announces that this is in an unconditional situation and we are still running the auction process, uh, that's one option, Troy, and you and I have done that many, many times. Or the second yep. option is to run through the entire process as you normally would. Um, you 
are not necessarily obliged to advise the buyer that they're the only registered party, even though you don't want to hide anything. I mean, you can just give them a random registration number of 10. Maybe they don't ask. Maybe um, you, 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 you uh, see that there's many other people in the crowd. You certainly wouldn't tell them any untruths. And if they did ask, are the only registered buyer, you could, you could definitely let them know. But in many yeah. occasions, they don't. And you utilise your vendor bid um, to position uh, a bid that you're hoping to achieve from the buyer. You approach that buyer, you extract a bid, you talk to your vendor, you negotiate it under conditions, and the hammer goes down. So there's the two scenarios. Both are transparent. Both are over communication with both the buyer, seller, and the auctioneer. And this is where the auctioneer would play a very big role, Troy. Adrian, I love the point you made um, in regards to the relationship between the auctioneer and agent, the relationship Mm -hmm. between the owner and the agent and the relationship with the buyer and the agent. Um, Most times when this does fall away, it's because of the lack of trust in those relationships, be that Mm -hmm. agent and auctioneer, be that agent and owner, be that agent and buyer. Um, The deeper that relationship, the more transparent, the more communication that you have, because the frequency of the communication actually builds trust throughout the whole campaign. So if you haven't done Mm. from the vendor side, the expectations meeting, weekly face-to-face, daily phone calls, then you're going Mm. to have a trust issue at this point in time, right? It's a high pressure, Mm. high um, energy, high decision-making time where you have to make a decision within a 15-minute window. The same as the buyer. If you don't have that trust, if you haven't built yes. that with them, you're not going to be able to have the conversation to say, this is what's going to play out. If you want to secure the home, I can help you. Um, and then third part of that is, you know, relationship with the auctioneer. Um, you know, we're very fortunate. Um, the, the clientele that we work with, um, we've obviously developed long, long-term relationships with a lot of the auctions that we do, Adrian, but you know, you must have an understanding with the auctioneer. The auctioneer on an auction day can be such a powerful source of information, but also give real independent feedback to both buyer and seller um, and also the agent throughout the course of the auction, leading up to the auction and post-auction if the negotiation happens. Um, Absolutely. I think, you know, the other thing that I always think about is, you know, the placing of the vendor bid, which we're not going to talk about today, right? We're not going to talk about that because I actually think we need to dedicate episode number 148 to the placing Mm -hmm. of your bid and the strategic way that that can be done, that it's a win-win for everyone. You know, there's so Mm -hmm. many people that, Um, place the vendor bid at the wrong time the inappropriate level um, they don't place it at all they've got a fear of placing a vendor bid Mm. there's all these types of things that come into play so i'd love to dedicate episode number 148 to the vendor bid but sure i guess you know what are the key things you're saying to the owner um on auction day when there is that one registered party so we've just covered off the buyer but where are mm. we heading with the owner? So we know that we've done the expectations meeting. We know that mm. the leading up to the auction, we've said, listen, there's interested parties, but the legitimacy of one of those parties stepping forward and being active on the day is probably high. The other two, mm. they're a 50-50 chance. Um, mm. We've had that conversation with the buyer at the time of registration that they're the only person. What are you saying mm. to the owner prior to the auction actually starting, like the five minutes before you go when you're doing the briefing with the auctioneer and the owner? Yeah, look, it's a great question. And this is where transparency, honesty, trust, all of it comes into play. And there's uh, an acknowledgement of the conversation that you had at the set to sell meeting, which is like, Troy, 
as we discussed, one potential scenario could have been that we have one registered party. Now, the way everything's transpired is that's where we're at today. Now, it's certainly not a disappointment. How do I know that? Because the metrics don't lie. It's been mm. a very comprehensive campaign because, as you know, and given the information I've provided you, we've had you know, 7,000 web views, 46 groups through, seven contracts issued, three offers, and, and we're down to this one registered buyer. All that means is for this window of time, there's one buyer who has overcome all the obstacles there because there are so many obstacles that you need to overcome as a buyer between the point of seeing a property and saying, wow, I like this, to the point three weeks later to actually sign a very enforceable legal document and writing a check uh, for a deposit that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's a lot of obstacles. There's finance, there's timing, there's there's family circumstances, there's pre-approvals, there's pest. So it just means nothing else, nothing else, nothing to do with the property, nothing to do with price. It just means that there's one buyer who's managed to overcome all those obstacles within this three-week period. And if you look at Europe and North America, it can take six to eight months to sell a piece of real estate. And not to mention their conveyancing system is a lot more uh, cumbersome than ours, which is a very, very seamless trans, uh, conveyancing system. And, and the owner will say, Adrian, yep, you talked about this, this potential scenario. We trust you. You've worked your butt off during the campaign. What's your recommendation? And I would often say, thank you for asking that. Now, based on the demographic of the buyer and based on the crowd that's here today, it's either going to be approach the buyer, show them the reserve and try and put the deal together. Or it's going to be let's run the auction process for for the theatre and to use the vendor bid if we need to and then approach the highest bidder and put a deal together that way. So instinctively, as you know, Troy, you make the same decision based yep. on the buyer demographic, the vendor demographic, the opinion of the auctioneer, the crowd, you know, everything comes into place. So it's, I think a lot of people underestimate the role of the auctioneer. Like a client called me yesterday and said, same thing, one buyer, what do I do, blah, blah, blah. And I said, who's your auctioneer? He said, Clarence White. I said, have you had Clarence call the vendor and the buyer? And he said, no. I said, well, you know, Clarence is actually quite good at that. Why don't you do that to start with? And then have this same conversation because, you know, the auctioneer is, is seemed for rightly or wrongly seemed as a higher authority. I called someone uh, yesterday who's a vendor for an auction I'm doing tomorrow. And the person uh, was like, oh, Adrian Bo, I've heard about you. You're a famous auctioneer and, and all this sort of stuff, <laughs> which is, may, may not necessarily be true. But, you know, he was a very excitable young man. And um and I said to him, look, I appreciate all of that. And I suppose what comes with that, sir, is experience. And you've got a very good agent. You're in excellent hands. And I'm very confident that whatever price we deliver to you on Saturday is going to be market value because the agent has told me how comprehensive the campaign has been. So I will only be advising you the same way I will advise a family member. And he said, Adrian, this is the best conversation I've had all day. Thank you so much. So, you know, don't underestimate the role of the auctioneer. Get them involved. All of them are prepared to have the conversation. And I think that's how it would play out, Troy, on, on auction day. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, you've got to use leverage, process, mm. and also the power of positivity, I think, in these situations, Adrian. Mm. You, you yeah. as an agent, um, you can get quite, quite, your expectations, you might have to reset them yourself. <laughs> 
you've got to realize that every opportunity is an opportunity to put a deal together. Sometimes yeah. I walk into different scenarios and agents are like, oh, we've only got one. And I'm like, you've got one. That's positive. Mm. You know, mm. Adrian, I had five five auctions, five auctions last weekend. I had a number of sell mm-hmm. prior, but I only, only had to call five. Um, mm. The best number of registrations I had on the day was two. Um, mm. So th- this, is, this is super relevant right now. This is really, really relevant. But the agents also need to get in the mindset that, there's genuinely someone there that wants to buy. They've gone through the process. They've gone through the registrations. They've done their due diligence. They've gone and made their corrections and what whatnot. They're mm-hmm. there. They're there to buy. There's no one that comes to an auction and registers, in my opinion, without the intention at some point in time of purchasing that property. Yeah. Um, you know, so we need to see it as an opportunity. We need to stay in the, the positive set and frame set. We need to use the leverage and the process to really get to a point that you can get a deal together. Now, not every single situation, Adrian, um, vendors are going to be open to the market. Buyers are going to be open to performing in these conditions. But it also does set up for post-auction negotiations. And I think, you know, you look at the numbers that we see, auction campaigns right now that we have within our business, um, the success rate of an auction campaign is somewhat 20 to 25% better from a completion rate, as in sales, either prior, at, or after auction, within two weeks, 83 or 85% clearance rate on that stock compared to private treaty stock, which private treaty across the board, I think, is about 54% industry-wide. So look at the campaign. So the process still works. The process works. It doesn't have to be the big bang at auction day to secure a result. We've discussed prior. We've discussed that. Post-auction negotiations are actually just resetting the expectations and it's an extra step in the process. Um, So, Adrian, this is kind of one that I reckon we're going to talk about more. I think this is going to probably um, have a whole number of other questions that are going to come through. Um, Now, I know that one of the ones that I always get is about placing the vendor bid as an auctioneer but also as a sales leader. Um, Yes. Is it necessary? I don't like doing it. Um, again, sometimes that just comes down to the mindset of the agent. There is nothing wrong with placing the vendor bid. Um, the only yes. time it's wrong is when you've been saying something else to the buyers um, or the owners, and then you have to place the vendor bid at a level that just doesn't justify the level of interest from those parties involved. So, Absolutely. Buyer and seller. so Adrian, I reckon we dedicate next week's one to that. Sure. Um, your final thoughts, because I know this is a passion point for your, you. I know that you know you look at the campaigns, that you've run um, consistently over the past 30 plus years of selling 100, 115 properties per year consistently, mm-hmm. um, predominantly under auction, um, which has always been a strong part of your success in business. What are your mm-hmm. final thoughts regarding this, Adrian, in one bitter auctions? Look, it's about managing, obviously, the vendor's expectations very early on because. As we've discovered, many owners are completely uh, surprised when you advise them that a lot of auctions are with one registered party. So I, I can't I can't state how important that is because we've heard so many times when you do tell them closer to the auction day, there's only one buyer, and they say, "Well, let's cancel the auction." Or how how is it possible that you can have an auction with one buyer? I mean, I've heard that. You know, I wish I had a dollar for every time I've heard that. Right. <laughs> so that's one thing. But the other thing is to manage your own expectations by sticking to a process. And we've just yeah. been through a three or four step process here that if you 
absolutely are determined and committed to stick with it, then even if your buyer hasn't appeared in the second and a half or third week, I guarantee you that if you're fine-tuning price, fine-tuning the marketing, over-communicating with buyers, being proactive in your buyer generation, um, uh, building trust and rapport with your vendor, that the buyer will appear. And, you know, if it's just one buyer, that's fine. If it's multiple buyers, even better. But manage your own expectations really well by sticking to a process that sets you free and also over-communicate with your vendor around what's possible and what all scenarios are, not just one or two scenarios, what all scenarios are. And then thirdly, building that trust with buyers that if this day does come and you do need to have this conversation that you are the only buyer, they're not standing there saying, oh, how good is this? I'm going to get a bargain or whatever. Mm -hmm. No. That shouldn't be thinking that because if you've communicated with them well and you've made sure that you've built enough trust and rapport with them, they're going to say, okay, Adrian, what are your recommendations in order for me to secure this property today? That's exactly what we should be hearing, Troy. So, yeah, great topic. Yeah, great topic. AB, thank you as always. Episode number 147. Listeners, tune in next week, episode number 148. I've already just closed what it is going to be. It's going to be about successfully placing the vendor bid and all other things that we see in our travels around the grounds. AB, as always, thank you so much for your time. Mate, I can't wait to catch up again, no doubt, tomorrow when we're out there around the grounds on the auction floor um, in between auctions. Good luck to everyone that's got campaigns going to live and to auction um, this week uh, and the next couple of days. Um, thanks, AB. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, listeners. See you next week.